all things, Lord. And we bless you because you are God. You are maker and our creator. And we thank you so much for it. And we bless you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we're going to talk about two things that... that, um, I call the power twins. That's not me and Pastor Shirley, so it's not. But it's faith and patience. Faith and patience are the power twins. Um, Let me start by reading you what it says here in Hebrews. Hebrews 6 verse 12. It says here that you be not slothful but followers of them followers of them followers of them so we have examples the them that's spoken about here are people in the bible that we be followers of people who have served god and gone before us and that they through faith and patience inherit the promises of god Through faith and patience, inherit the promises of God. Faith is a spiritual substance that cannot work alone. Faith cannot work alone. It cannot work alone. So if you ask people, what do I need to do? To gain my inheritance in God or to claim my inheritance or walk in my inheritance or receive the promises of God. You must tell them that you have to be a follower of those who have gone before us who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. We have an inheritance laid up for us that we lay hold of by faith. Hmm? You lay claim to it by faith. You accept it as being yours by faith. But after you have laid claim to it by faith, you've got to get it pulled in to your garage. Or your front porch. Or the kitchen. Wherever that promise is going to set down here on earth, it's got to be pulled in. So faith lays claim to it over in glory. God has a designated something for everybody and plenty of it, honey. And ain't cheating either, baby. So he has a designated provision for all of his children. You belong to God. He has stuff laid aside with your name on it. But he can't get it to you until some things happen. That's what we need to talk about. What needs to happen in order for God to get it over here to you, to get it delivered to your door. Because it is an inheritance, it will come to you at a set time. There is a set time. See, the thing of it is God is in control of this. You're not. So you have to recognize that, that just because you perceive a need for certain things, it doesn't mean that you just thought it up. God knew you needed it before you even got here. 
Huh? And so you become awakened to the fact that these things must occur or these things must happen in your life. For instance, if you want to go from, from A to B, there's a vehicle that takes you from one place to another. And so when you say, well, God wants me to be successful and I've got to find a job, that ain't news to him. Now it's news to you because you thought your looks was going to get it for you or, you know, you're just ever so cute all the time. and Huh? <laughs> in a dream world. And you come to reality and say, man, I got to get out here and get me an eight to five. <laughs> And a part-time on the side if I'm going to do all this. Huh? So reality sets in. And you're shocked into the reality that it's going to take some work to get. Hmm? See, God, when God comes into your life, he takes a lot of things from the dream state over into reality. Huh? A lot of people like to dream. I sure wish I could have this. And if I could just be like, you know, everything we watch on television, we see ourselves in that thing. Huh? I used to watch figure skaters and I would reach over and, and hunt. I said, Albert, can we do that? I'm going to get. I said, just stand over there and catch me. And he said, okay, baby. Okay. <laughs> I hit the flow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's. God takes us from the dream state into what's real. God is so real. He's very real. And he allows us to check our dreams against his plan for our lives. He does. And then he begins to allow us to put them in perspective of what order they're to come. Now, I'll tell you something about God. His laws are already set. So we have to obey his laws in order to receive our inheritance. Period. So while you're a dreaming and a thinking and a planning and a hoping, get to sowing us some seed to God. huh? Amen. Get to working for him. Get to doing some things that God thinks are important first. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. Righteousness means God's way of doing stuff. He said, and and things will get added to you. He said, I don't have no problem with things. I don't have no problem with giving you things. But you're going to get them legally. Most of us still have a little bit of thief in us. If we could get by without sowing a seed and God slipping in the back door on us, so yeah, I take it. Big bar steel, baby, I take it. Just bring it on in here. You know, just bring it on in here. And so he's trying to kill the thief in us and make us more like him so that our inheritance will be secure. See, there's one thing I know about people who steal stuff. They're always worried about when it's going to leave. You see some of these women who stole somebody's husband. Just breaking it down so y'all understand it. You know, I, just, I would deal on a much higher level, but you know what I'm saying. We got to be real here. But you ever see a woman that stole somebody's husband? They like go undercover somewhere. Huh? 
the relatives never see them. Then they're just like underground people. They got to live underground because she can't bring them out in the, in the open because she's scared somebody's going to steal them from her. Just like she got him, somebody else can get him. Oh, yeah. They're very jealous. He can't breathe without her breathing right on his shoulders, breathing down his neck. Huh? Now, you don't want to steal nothing. Trust me, okay? I'll take my word for it. Y'all won't steal nothing. Anything you get, you get it legally. I had a girlfriend that she used to always, they, all, all her clothes were hot. Y'all know what I mean, hot? Y'all know what I mean. And she would wear furs and stuff. And hot furs. And do you know those things have serial numbers? They're branded with serial numbers on the underside of the skin. Only the manufacturer knows where the brand is. I said, you know, she could be sitting out somewhere at dinner in a fine restaurant. And, the, you know, somebody insurance claim people come up and snatch that coat off of her and, and check the brand and, you know, take it away from her. Huh? So you don't want anything, trust me, that you got through thievery, trickery, bawling, squalling, begging God. You want your inheritance, folks. Uh, you want it to come to you the right way. And so in order to get it the right way, the Bible says that you need faith and patience. See, we focus so much on faith and confessing. Huh? It's like a lot of faith people that haven't gotten the carnality out of them yet. You know, carnality is, is you don't have manners. And God says, I'll give it to you. Carnal people keep trying to reach up into heaven and snatch it. And he goes, he has to teach us some manners on how to receive. You know the difference between receiving and taking? You'll learn it. (laughs) Anna Nicole Smith is a good example. She never learned how to receive anything. And that, that she's not a bad person. I'm not saying that to say she's any kind of a bad person. I don't really know much about her personally. But she came from a very unfortunate upbringing and had looks. And her looks propelled her into places where she was able to rub elbows with very prominent, influential, and wealthy people. Who probably had no business being where she was. And so instead of allowing herself to receive what belonged to her, she decided she was going to take. The door opened and she didn't know what her portion was. And she made up her mind she was going to try and take. We were talking yesterday about this and we, we said that inheritance has an assignment on it. If that money didn't have her name on it, she won't get it. When you deal with spirits of mammon, they they are they are probably some of the most power, powerful and influential spirits on the face of the earth. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen, huh? and it's that's a projection of mammon. Mammon has a voice that is well respected everywhere. Why? Because everybody needs money to do everything. And so when, when money has an assignment on it, 
an inheritance has an assignment. That money was laid up by somebody who earned it and spoke a will over it. And that money has an assignment voiced by the will of the person that created it. Do you understand that? Everything in your life that God gives you is assigned to you by God and it has a will that reflects the mind of the creator that gave it to you. The gifts that he put in you are created by him and it has your gift has an assignment in the earth that has his mind, his intent, his purpose, his everything is in your gift. That's why I pity the fool. That will take a God-given gift and try to give it over to the devil and think he can prosper out of it. There is not one gift on the earth that was designated for the devil to have control over. Period. They're all given to us by God. And they have God's stamp on it, his will, his intent, his purpose. See, the, pe- the devil gets people really twisted. It's amazing to me that the minstrel gifts, the, the gifts in the church that, that have the strongest influence and the broadest range for ministry, like the music, people think that, that they can't use that gift in the church. The devil will get them so twisted around, well, you know, they wouldn't let me sing in the church, so I had to go out into the world. Oh, they're going to let you sing. But it wasn't your turn. Huh? You got to wait your turn. And see, when you're too impatient to wait your turn, the devil will open a false door for you. And you step through that, and that gift will be lost from God's purpose forever. Till you decide, you know, the, the world beat you up enough, you know, you come to your senses and try to fall back into the house of God. But that's a, a, a deception that the enemy has placed on musicians forever. Well, you know you can't make a living like this in the church. Well, maybe you're not supposed to make a living at this. Who told you this was supposed to be your living? Do you understand what I'm saying? But that gift was placed in you by God for a purpose. Maybe you need to find out what the purpose is before you go start talking about you can't make a living out of it. Maybe you're supposed to go and work in a factory and do your music when you get an opportunity to. Who says you're supposed to be able to make a living out of that? Hello? Now the Bible tells us to pay preachers, folks. It's amazing to me they'll pay musicians in a church before they'll pay a preacher. Because they think the music is what gets people in there. Huh? You read your Bible, you see if any of them Levites, singers, any of them people got a paycheck. They got fed and they got housed and that was it. And they were glad to serve God. They knew that they were, they, the Bible says God was their inheritance and God was their portion. Once you realize that, you can get free if you let yourself. You mean I got God, I don't have to worry about a paycheck? Yes! God is my portion of yes. Hmm? The offerings that were brought to the house of God would blow your mind. That's why the priests didn't worry about a paycheck back then. They had everything. Huh? They had everything. Listen, 
they the offering when people would sin they had to bring a live animal to be sacrificed when that animal was cooked the aroma went up to heaven where you think the meat went <laughs> as long as there were sinners in the world and trust me there's tons of them in and out of the house of God them priests ate good You think they worried? They said, oh man, Charlie going to cuss his wife out and beat her up tonight. We, just, we can have roast beef. <laughs> God was their portion. So they can go to church and sing till you know, the glory fell. It was well fed, well taken care of because people going to sin. So when you serve God, you have never have a problem clientele coming in. They're going to come in. Somebody's going to always need prayer for something. Somebody's going to always need something, something. But your gift is your inheritance. It has an assignment from God. In the earth to serve humanity. Oh, I know. Y'all think we're all supposed to be bosses and be real rich people. Well, i got news for you. God wants servants. Huh? Huh? And if he so desires and you're faithful, he can promote you. That's not a problem with God. None of this is a problem with God. But what he wants is for us to understand serving. And that is part of how we receive our inheritance. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. You inherit everything by believing that it's freely given to you. And because it's freely given... It should generate some kind of love response in your heart. and You should be more than willing to serve God. Hmm? But faith and patience are power twins that must work together. Hmm? They must work together. So you can't believe God today for something you needed last year and think it's going to come rushing into your. That's where we make our mistake. We get an emergency and a panic for everything. Huh? And then we want to get on our confession real tough. Oh, I just believe I receive. I believe I receive. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. For it's coming in. It's coming in. I feel it's coming in. Thank you, Jesus. Coming in. Coming in. And you think by your much speaking, you will be heard. And God will just zoom it down in here to you. But the Bible says it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. James also says that patience has a perfecting work to do in us hmm? or a maturing work. Patience matures us to quit trying to steal off God's table so that after a while he doesn't have to spank our hands off of his stuff but we can patiently serve him knowing that it's coming. That every day that you serve God, you're positioning yourself closer and closer to the promise of God. In James 1.3 it says, 1.2, Brethren, count it, not, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So there's another fruit of the Spirit, is joy. And he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Oh, you mean my faith has to be tried? The trying of your faith. Your faith has to be tested 
so that you can know the caliber of it. Hmm? It must be tested. So the first time you pray for something, you may believe that you receive that you have it. And you sense faith on the inside of you. You sense faith. You sense a spiritual substance that wasn't there before. You can get it as a settling on the inside, an assurance that that God heard you and that it's okay for you to have what you're asking for. That's faith. But he says this faith must be tried. What do you mean tried? Well, how much of it did you get when you believed? Huh? Did you get enough for the whole thing? Did you get a portion of it? Hmm? So this is why your faith must be tried. Huh? It's like <clears throat> we were, there's, I keep these little things around the house. I'm always trying to organize everything. And I have these little shelves like by the back door and there we put shoes on them. And it keeps the shoes from being scattered everywhere. Now, when you get to be my age, it's a crime against the elderly. For certain stuff to just be scattered around your house, namely shoes. I come in there and start stumbling over shoes. I get up and y'all can't get me up off that floor. So I like keeping them neatly stacked so I know where they are. Alright? So we stack shoes on there just to organize them. Well, somebody came in and they thought it was a a foot rest to tie their shoe up. And they put their weight down on it. And they tried it and it wasn't sturdy enough to support what they were putting on it. That's what has to happen to your faith. You may run off think it's coming today. Oh, I believe I receive it. I got it. I got that. <laughs> and clicking all over the place. And oh, oh, oh. Uh huh. And a week later, where is it, God? I sure wish I knew where. I was, uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, where is it at, God? I thought I had it. Where is it? I thought I had it. Uh, you don't know how much faith you got for that thing when you received it. Do you? Huh? That's right. Because it's got to be tried. To see if it's of the caliber that it needs to be to support what it is that you're asking for. What God gives to you folks has to be supported by you maintaining it. So that when it is threatened, and it will be, you will know that you have the caliber of faith that it takes to fight the devil off of it when he comes for it. When he tells you, you got that on your own, God never gave that to you, you're going to got to give it back. Hmm? That's too expensive. You should have known when you brought that in there, when you signed them papers for that, you couldn't afford that. Huh? That's why it's got to be tried before God parks it in your garage. No. So patience helps you through the trial. This is necessary. God cannot give it to you instantly. I'm real sorry. Why can't I have stuff instantly? Well, because it don't happen that way. 
People who come to healing meetings and get miracles, it isn't an instant thing. They've heard and heard and heard the word usually. Their faith has been tried. They hear the word and they think, I should go to Benny Hinn and get my healing. And they never go. And they're still sick. I should go to Benny. They can say I should go to Benny Hinn for about two years before they ever get enough faith and courage to get up and go do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith. Let me see how I can say this. Faith is a spiritual substance. huh? The Bible says. It's, it's material. I always say it's like Play-Doh. Faith is spiritual Play-Doh. And so God, when you pray, you said, Father, I want, I would like to have a new car. And he takes this piece of Play-Doh and he puts it in her hand. She says, I believe I received it. And you take it and you go away with it and you have this sense of completion. Hmm? Well, what you got was the answer to what you requested. And it's, this is the substance that it's made from. But it's got to be shaped and fashioned so that it's substantial enough and it holds weight. If you took a lump of of dough and put it in your hand, that's different from the vase that you will eventually have to put your flowers in. So when it says faith is spiritual substance, it's a substance of things you're hoping for. It comes into your spirit as a substance. And it is legal tender. It is holding you in a place of knowing that God said yes to you. But it still has to be molded, shaped, and fashioned into what you hope for. So it's the material from which what you are hoping for is made. you got to wait for it to be constructed totally. Now, faith... Is a now substance. Because it comes from heaven. Everything in heaven is now. If you ask God for a car. And you pray and you're satisfied. After you pray you don't feel any kind of nervousness. You just have a comfort and a security. He must have given you that car. Or you'd still feel a little nervous about it. Because if you ask for a car, only a car is going to satisfy that request. So he gave you the substance of your faith car on the inside of you when you asked for it. Now, faith is now. He gave you the substance of it in the now. You received it now because faith is always now. What happens, though, is that because God cannot give it to you now, it would be magic and not faith. So what happens between him giving it to you now in your faith, in your spirit, and when it materializes, his patience has to bridge that gap between the now in heaven and the time when it comes down to here in earth. Other than that, we'd lose our minds. You'd be expecting things to pop up all over everywhere. So patience comes to put some reins on faith, to hold faith back. Hmm? Patience says, it's here now, but whoa, wait a minute. We've got to do a little bit more to get it in here to you. Other than that, you couldn't trust your words. 
You say car and it would be right here beside you. You say horse and it would be right there beside you. You would say money and it would be right here beside you. Because faith is a now substance. So instead of him giving you that thing now, he gives you faith now. And patience says, wait a minute. And let me pull you over to the place where it's going to manifest. Amen. So that's why you need patience. Patience bridges the gap between the supernatural now and the material reality world that we live in. It's got to be there. Other than that, you'd be scared to say anything. Man, you know, the last time I got up and said, God, I just want something, and it fell in on me. I can't say anything. Huh? So patience makes your world real. It makes your world tolerable. It settles you into, because we live in a real world. We live in a world that's, that's geared by time. In the realm of the spirit, there is no time. Everything happens now. So God couldn't have us over there all the time and functioning there all the time when we live in a time-regulated reality. So patience bridges the gap between the now realm of heaven and the time zone that we live in. It allows us to be able to be comfortable because we live on earth. When you get to heaven, there will be no need for faith. Because everything manifests right away. So you're bringing heaven down here, but you, there's a, a zone here. There's a hole you got to pull it through, and you pull it into time. And patience allows you to live with the knowledge that, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. That excitement of knowing it's in there, and it, he gave it to you in the now, and when it will really materialize. Because in your flesh and in your mind and in your soul, you couldn't handle it all coming into you immediately. Amen? Amen. So patience keeps it real. You can always reach back in and feel for it. Anybody ever done that? I prayed for something and I wonder if God's still going to do, do it for me. And you reach back in your spirit and feel, yeah, it's still there. It's still there. He's still got it for me. Uh, he's still going to do it for me. And then patience allows you to settle down. It settles your little gimmies down. It settles your little quit begging God and quit kind of statch from him when his back's turned. It settles you down. And it matures you. And it helps you to accept the fact that God knows everything you want. And he wants it for you even more than you want it for yourself. But he understands where it's going to fit in your life so that you can be comfortable so that your life will flow right so that your life will be acceptable to significant people around you that kind of thing he has it all figured out and so patience is needed for faith to do its work in your life and for you to receive everything that God has for you by faith so we need faith and patience folks If you had just raw faith, things would manifest immediately. Now, there are some places where there are frank emergencies where things do need to manifest right away. And God knows how to make patience move away so that raw faith can come in. For instance, when somebody's sick and somebody's dying, 
I don't want to wait two weeks for somebody's pain to leave when I pray for them. I want the now reality of it for them. And I want God to bring it in and to manifest it immediately. Well, there is an anointing to carry that into the earth and it moves past the patience barrier and the time barrier. And it accepts it in there if that person's willing to receive it. See? And so there are ways that that can be short-circuited. See, patience doesn't mean years and years all the time. Patience just means time for you to adjust to its coming in here. That's what patience is your friend. It's not your enemy. It is your friend. It's time for you to adjust. Have you ever bought anything? And you bought furniture? And you got furniture in the house? And the furniture's on layaway? If you really wanted that furniture right away, you'd have whipped out the credit card and got in more trouble. Y'all, you know you can always do that. But why did you put it on layaway? Because it wasn't an immediate need. It was just a desire. I sure would like to be able to get this place, you know, uh, this is, you know, I'm tired of looking at this or this has served its purpose or something like that. And it's on delivery. And so you need time. You know, what do I do with the furniture? I think I'll sew it to so-and-so and such-and-such. Or I need to give it to somebody in the church. I don't know who needs furniture. So you need time to get, make room for that thing. Huh? Everybody does. You may think you, you can't live another day without it, but you're lying to yourself. You just think you're going to move God to move faster and zap it in here, but you ain't going to do it. So get that out your mind. Huh? You don't want to let patience mature you is what the problem is. Because whenever we see say patience, we think about gray hair old lady. Down a cave. <laughs> Crime against the elderly. Huh? We think of somebody you're comfortable that we can go sit or crawl up in their lap and just let us rock them to death. Well, that's what patience does to you. You crawl up in patience's lap and she rocks you until you quit whining and realize it's coming. Huh? Ah. The Bible says patience gives you experience and experience hope and hope makes not a shame. Isn't that what it says here in James? It says the testing of your pace is let patience have her perfecting work or maturing work. Number four, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Somewhere it says here about hope, experience bringing hope and hope makes it not, makes not ashamed. If anybody knows where that is, they can tell me where it is. Hmm. Number eight, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Patience take care, takes care of double-mindedness. Patience assures you that it's coming. You know what double-mindedness is? One day you want it real bad and the next day you give up. And you know God's got it coming when you get the faith for it. God starts sending it, and then you say, I don't want it. And the angel goes, oh, okay, well, let's, let me. See, when you waver, you just send it right on away from you. Your confession was, was tight for about ten minutes. Huh? I believe I receive it. I, I, I just know it's coming. I, girl, you can't talk me out of it's coming. 
And then the devil sends one little crooked thought in there. You say, oh, Lord, what am I thinking about? I can't have nothing like that. I can't. And the angel says, oh, man, I deal with this. That's why God said, don't let yourself think you're going to get anything from me. I don't even mess with people like you. Huh? Promises are allergic to double-minded people. Huh? They just keep going. That's why I always tell people first, make up your mind. What do you want God to do for you? Huh? You're going to have to make your mind up. Hmm? We like the buffet. You know why you like the buffet? You don't have to make your mind up. You don't have to commit to anything. I tried all. I never had no squibs before. I'm going to try me some squibs this time. Huh? God wants people solid, determined. He wants you to have your mind made up as to what you want him to do. He said, I don't get involved with, with wishy-washy people. He said, don't let yourself think you're going to get nothing from me. So when we have faith, faith becomes the substance of what we are hoping for. you got to want it. You have to want it. You have to want what it is. That God has for you before your faith to work. Second Peter one five tells us that faith has to be added to. You are to add to your faith. Faith is a substance that makes the invisible world real to us. What you desire from God exists now. It just isn't in this realm. Because you are sons and daughters of God, you have an inheritance that's out in glory. So God has to get it over here to you. That's where faith comes in. That's where patience comes in. And that's where the other fruit of the Spirit come in. Because they are there to help you to get yourself positioned so that God can cause it to come into the material realm. That's the only thing that's happening. You are positioning yourself so that it can come into the material realm. Think of it like this. What you're asking God for is a package from heaven. And you have to catch it. Where do you go? You have to position yourself. And then you've got to brace yourself. So that when it comes, you'll be balanced. Huh? And it'll fit easily into your life. And it won't add sorrow. The blessings of God make rich and add no sorrow. That's how you know if it came from God. Or you just said the right word in front of the right person, they gave it to you. You know how that kind of faith works too? I use my faith. I believe God. When that didn't happen fast enough, I asked one of the saints for it. <laughs> huh? How we doing over there? Okay. And so we have to be careful. When it comes from God, it has to be supported by spiritual things. So when you add patience to it, Patience helps you to focus on the fact that you've got to position yourself 
and anchor yourself so that when it comes into reality, it will be supported. Other fruit of the Spirit may be necessary to support it too. The Bible says add to your faith patience and virtue. Virtue is a spiritual strength that helps you to understand that there is a maintenance involved in everything that you get from heaven. Number one, you can't, you have to get to the point in God where you're not easily talked out of it. If you have conversations with yourself that tell you that you're not worthy, you can't handle it, you did something wrong, you're never going to get it. Those have to be moved out of the way because when this thing comes, God wants to support it because it's yours forever. Whatever God gives you, it is forever. He didn't give you a house so it can be repossessed. He didn't give you a car so that you can outrun the repo man and put it in your neighbor's garage half the time. You can't even drive it because you don't know where it is. The blessings, his blessings don't come like that. So he knows, and he knows us. He says, you know what, I'm going to have to get them so that they manage their money better because they're going to have to stretch out for five years and pay for this thing so that they can possess it forever. So that's why sometimes patience will go on for a while until you position yourself in such a way that when it comes in, you already have the habits established so that you can support it and you can maintain it and you can keep it. Huh? Now, I say this kind of like joking, but I always tell women, if you want a husband, don't be sitting up there with McDonald's bags. Wow. You don't have to quit going there. Because man might want to eat, check this out, by something you cook in the kitchen. Some of them really do like kitchen food. Huh? They don't like burgers and fries all the time. So you're going to have to learn kitchen food skills. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, suppose he's you just sitting there. He said, "Baby, go get me a sandwich." You can't run out. Hey, said, give me a key to the car. It's the same thing with everything we get from God by faith. You want God to bring it to you? You got to do it God's way. He wants things supported and maintained when He gives them to you, huh? And He is not. His way is not going to court with a DNA test. You understand what I'm saying? So there's all kind of ways to support things artificially that we create and we get by our own devices. When God gives you something from heaven, he supports it. He sends you the finances for it. He provides the educational plan. He provides everything for everything that he gives you. And so he has to have you in the proper frame of mind for the way that he wants to see your life supported before he will bless you with things. So yeah, it may seem like a long time has gone, you know, since you prayed for something. But if God has given you the faith for it, then it will be patience that will have to come in and help you to position yourself 
so that when God sends it in the material and natural realm, you'll be able to receive it, embrace it, and support it. And that's what God's working on with you every day. He's working on you developing yourself into a responsible child of God so that when he brings it in, well, I just don't want it then if it's going to take all that. I don't, you know, I just don't, I don't know it to take all that. But, yeah, I am. Huh? Well, still, you still got some brat in you. Still got some thief in you. If you don't think that promise is worth God positioning you so that you can support it the right way. Huh? True. And what will happen, and you can forget about the spiritual substance and go use your natural faith and get stuff. We can all do it. But is that how you want to live your life in God? We ought to get curious sometimes and say, you know what? I think it's probably something got to be a better way out here than this. There's got to be a different way to, for me to live my life so it goes right. I'm comfortable. I'm peaceful. I don't have to worry about I'm not stressed about stuff. huh? There's got to be a vision somewhere on the inside of you for something greater that God has for you. And it's not just about keeping up with the Joneses all the time. Huh? Faith works in the unseen realm. The things that God has for you are yet to be revealed. So you can't look at what your neighbor has and decide that God has that for you. Because that ain't yours, that's theirs. God has something much better, tailor-made, very well suited to you and what you need in your life. So we will allow him to work with us through faith and patience to prop it up. Then we'll get what God has for us. Do you need to turn it over? Thank you very much, sirs. Praise God. All right, so we said this. It says, the things we desire exist now. Faith is a spirit we enter into and obtain. If faith were not coupled with other forces or fruit of the spirit, everything would manifest now and there would be no times or seasons. And this is the other issue. When God gives you a law, it's supported by other laws. And we talked about this law always works because it's it's here as long as the earth remains. There's seed time and harvest. When you pray for something the first time, what you receive is the faith for it. You don't know how much you received at the time you prayed for it. So that faith is a seed then that comes into your spirit that gives you the sensation of fulfillment. Hmm? The Bible says faith is an assurance. So God gives you a token of his assurance and it reassures you that you have what it is that you're asking for. Hmm? Now just as that is an assurance, it's not the real thing. But it can make your spirit sense that it's real. So faith really speaks to your spirit. It's a spiritual substance that has meaning only in your spirit. And you have to remember that. Because in order for it to manifest in the natural, there must be other things added to it. But faith keeps you confident in God. It keeps you from worrying. keeps you from nagging God. And it keeps you from going crazy. 
that God don't love you. Huh? Amen. So it's necessary spiritual material from which the things that we hope for is a substance of the things that we hope for from which they are made. Hmm? From which they are made. And it will take different shapes and different forms as you add to it. Once you begin to add patience to it, you can test your faith and get reassured that it's still coming. God heard you and he hasn't changed his mind. You know, during those times when you waver and you doubt, that faith on the inside of you reassures you. So really, faith is your manifestation, isn't it? It's not the material thing, but it is a manifestation. Your manifestation is your faith. You know, some people will say, well, I'm believing God and I'm just waiting for the manifestation. No, you're not. You got it. If you're in faith. Because faith, that's a manifestation. That's a real substance in there. Huh? It's real. Just as women, when they're uh, first expecting a baby, there are certain signs that you get that there's a real baby in there. But guess what? It ain't a baby till it's born. Because you can't hold it, you can't change it, you can't look at it. It's in there, but you can't enjoy the full material presence of it. But it's that's your assurance. And then there's other signs as you, as a baby gets bigger, you look pregnant. And after a while, there's no denying, you go to the hospital and guess what? Bam, it's here. But it can't come until a due season. You can't take it out and play with it and put it back in there. Huh? When it's only three months. So the laws of seed time and harvest have to take over on your faith seed that's on the inside of you. And as you walk with God, it continues to grow. And you can pat it and rub it and think about it and enjoy it to a degree until it comes in the natural. When it comes in the natural, that's when you have the full enjoyment of what it is that you're asking God for. And so that faith must be tested. When God, when you begin to doubt, what do you do? Huh? Women will sit, you'll see them a lot of times when they're pregnant, they rub their stomachs. They're touching, reassuring themselves, baby's okay, it's coming, that kind of thing. And so that's what we do with our faith. When we have doubt, we think about, you know what, I can't shake that out of my mind. God really told me I can have that. And I'm going to hang on and I'm going to hold on because this thing is real. And so as we walk with God, then the faith of it changes. It gets a little stronger. You get a little more confident. After you go through some trials and people try to talk you out of it and they try to tell you it's not for you or you hear something, you're in a bad mood and you hear the sermon or the preacher wrong. And you run up to the altar and say, I thought God was going to get this to me, but now that I heard this, I'm scared. Huh? And then they'll give you a word of counsel and you go back reassured again that it's on its way. Well, that's what we have to do with faith. It's like a spiritual embryo or a spiritual baby in the making. And it has to be nurtured by patience. And it has to be nurtured by other fruit of the spirit with virtue and strength and confidence in God. Once you're confident in God, nothing can change that. Now, what helps your confidence? Hearing the word does. You need the virtue comes through hearing the word. It's strengthened. It's bolstered. It's made stronger. It's made more confident by hearing the word. Well, I didn't think I needed to hear the word about this. I thought I just need to want it. Well, you got to hear the word. Hmm? 
or it can slip away from you. So that virtue, and that's one thing that will prolong the season for it coming to you in the natural. Is turning your ear away from the word of God and assuming that you don't need to encourage your faith in it. So yeah, your faith needs to be encouraged. Because it has to get to a certain strength before God will cause it to manifest. Oftentimes people will get promises and they begin to cause them trouble in their lives. And this is why your faith has to be at a certain level before God will send it to you in the natural. Sometimes you'll ask God for, say, an automobile. And it runs well for a season and it starts to give you trouble. What do you do? Did God really give that to you or didn't you? Didn't he? And if it's causing you trouble, the next thing you question is God going to take care of it. So the first thing the enemy is, well, God didn't tell you to do that. huh? Well, what do I do now? Well, you know, if he didn't tell me to do it, then I'm out here on my own with this. huh? Same thing when people get married. Well, I thought God told me to marry this person, but we don't get along and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Maybe God didn't tell me to do this. And if God didn't tell me to do it, maybe I should try to get out of it. Huh? Well, if God brings it, you let God bring it to you in the right season. God will take you like this and sit you down and say, listen. Remember when you kept asking me if this was him and this was him and this was him. You asked me that for five years and I kept telling you, yeah. You think I was lying to you? Huh? But he needs somebody who's going to labor with him in the spirit. Huh? I got you to that point so you'd learn how to pray. Because he's got problems. Huh? And everybody's got problems. And I brought him to you at the right season so you'd know how to pray to pray him through these problems. That's what a good wife does. Huh? So this snaps you out of the fairy tale about things. Huh? Because you partner with God's purpose for that person's life. When you're married to somebody, you partner in God's purpose for their life. Not just what you want all the time. Huh? It's what they want too. You see? Sometimes you know honeymoon might be over in three days. Huh? You thought he was a vegetarian because he just didn't like meat. You didn't think he just ate bananas all the time. It's an old joke. Gorilla, bananas. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> huh? Right. So he's swinging from the. Uh huh. Knuckles dragging on the. That's a joke. It's a bad joke. <laughs> I knew he wore extra long in his arms for some reason. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying, folks? Same thing with them hers. Huh? My husband used to say, I can't understand why you look so pretty when you lay down at night when you get up in the morning. (laughs) This is me! (laughs) Bridezilla! Huh? But they're realities. Folks, when God is making you one flesh, they're realities. So there are tests along the way, and the tests have to do with the reality that you will face when you obtain the promise. 
Every test you go through is designed to strengthen you to support the promise when it comes becomes yours. While you're believing God, it's yours and God's. Because you can't get it till due season. So while it's in the while the baby's in the stomach, why don't you eat the right things and feed it right? Because God will help you to have a healthy baby when it's born. If you keep begging God for it, huh? You know, I, I used to work in maternity and women would come like in the eighth month. They was in there every other day, some of them, the new ones. You know, the ones who had, had three or four babies. And was, oh, it ain't time yet. <laughs> but the new ones. Take it out. Take it out. <laughs> I got to have a baby. I'm sick of waiting. And then when they get it, they want somebody else to feed it now all of a sudden. Huh? And that's the way we are sometimes with the promises of God. We want it now, 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 now because we're sick of waiting. Huh? And God has to put us through one more test. To see if we'll hold on and we really want it. Because you have to want everything that goes along with the maintenance of it. And the support of it. Huh? Sometimes we want things just to because everybody else has got them. And we don't want to feel left out. Huh? And then the reality of having that thing hits you. And you realize how ill prepared you are. Huh? To maintain it. So oftentimes God will put our faith through a different test and a different test. Can they hold on with doubt? If, if, I, if, I, if I allow them to go through a season of doubt, will they come out on the other side still wanting it? If I lo- allow them to go through a season of ridicule because other people are looking at them. I, I didn't think you never wanted to get married. How old you are now? Huh? I thought you were just going to be single all your life. You mean tell me you want a husband? Huh? Can you go through a season of that and still say, yes, I do? Can you go through a season of that and still want it? Huh? Biological clock's going off. Huh? Can you go through a season of maybe I have gotten too old to have children after all and still want to get married? Can you go through a season of that and still want God, what God has for you? I mean, this is where we live, folks. This is exactly where we live every day. And this is often sometimes why we, we, we don't have the joy we need to have. We're not expecting God to bring it. We're not in, in the faith level that we need to do to get it in there. Because we've allowed the pressures of our human soul to weigh us down. And we don't understand that our faith has to be supported by so many things. And your faith has to be tried. Because your faith really in your spirit is pulling this thing into where it needs to be. And there are some very difficult passages that you have to go through. If your soul, if you're the type of person that feels like nothing's ever worked for me. I never get the best of. I never get anything. Man, God's got to pull you through all of that. He's got to get your mind converted so that you believe the best will come to you because God said he's going to give it to you. And that's the only reason that you have to have it is because he said so. Huh? While I was working in labor, labor and delivery, the, the longest time of labor is to get the baby to crown, what they call crowning. 
And that is where the head finally has enough room. You know, there's enough room. (laughs) You boys can faint later, okay? Be a man now, okay? This is manhood time. (laughs) Man law. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We will listen to these baby birthing stories. But um, when the baby crowns, it, it takes a long time to get the head through the birth canal. And in, there's a very delicate time that, you know, there's a head and then there's, you think the head's hard. The shoulders got to go, oh, man. Huh? <laughs> now, see, I've never been on the, the giving birth end. I've been on the catching end, so it's all scientific to me. You know, it's just, come on, her. push, don't push, push. Oh, wait a minute, don't push. Twist them around. And it's the same thing with promises of God. They have to come through a realm of the supernatural into the natural realm unharmed. Huh? Because you can get somebody who don't know nothing about birthing babies, Miss Scarlett. And they go give a wrong tug on that baby at the wrong time and try to pull it into the real world prematurely. Or with some type of difficulty. A lot of these kids who have uh, cerebral palsy, they weren't deformed. They weren't created deformed. That happened in the birth process. So we have to respect God's birth process. So that when we start to believe him for something, we have to respect the fact that we just can't reach into the womb of our spirit and yank it in here in the natural and it's okay. And it won't come in deformed and limping and on life support. And we got to support it with everybody's prayers to keep it alive until we can get enough strength ourselves to, you know, take care of it. God has a due season, a seed time and harvest situation kicks in where there's a due season where everything that needs to be prepared in you to support that promise comes in. And you better quit rushing him on stuff. Huh? Most of y'all, you know, I mean, you know, I quit going around giving a white glove on people's houses a long time ago. But, you know, sometimes if a man came in there, you know, he's, he'd have a hard time finding a place to sit. It's like, where's my spot? You know. Same thing with you men. Huh? You got clothes and cars, but where your house to put your wife in? I ain't going to go there. So you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's just the reality of it. Huh? A lot of women don't like to have their babies in an apartment or someplace and wait for a house. They like to have it prepared. They don't tell you that, but that's what they like. That's why they press you so hard to get one. <laughs> Where the house at? <laughs> you mean business with me? Where that? <laughs> it's true. So if you got the horse and, you know, the cart in front of the horse, just reverse it. That's what faith does in patience. It helps you to get yourself established so that when it comes in, it comes in the right way. Most people, when they imagine married life, it's a house with a picket fence and all that. And what you get is what, you understand what I'm saying? Many people get a far cry from what it is that they had even in their carnal imagination. Hmm? Because we don't allow patience to have its perfecting work. We don't think, we don't believe God has anything good for us. That's why we're always rushing him with everything. 
and see if we really love God and trusted God the way we say we do, we'd be willing to wait until he brings things to us. Huh? Just let patience have its perfecting work. Because it matures you. It helps you to know this ain't no snap thing, baby. This going to take some labor on your part. God's doing something real on the inside of you. So that when these things materialize and they come into the natural realm, you can enjoy them and you won't be fearful that they will be missing from you. So as long as the earth remains, there's a seed time and a harvest that comes into everything that God does in your life. Patience bridges the spiritual and the natural through the element of time. So you need patience so that you can stay steady until it comes in. And what do you do while you're being patient? You work for God. You work for God. You go and you do what he wants you to go and do. And quit sitting on the unhatched egg trying to force it to hatch before it's season. Huh? Just get up off the nest and go do something for God. We must sow in order to reap. And that's the other thing. You, If you want to reap in righteousness, you have to sow righteous acts. That's why some people will tell you, you know, especially people who are ministers will say stuff like, well, you know what, for many years I kept wondering when I was going to get married. And one day I just forgot about it. And I said, I'm just going to go and work for God. And they said, pretty soon I ran into somebody I didn't even think I was supposed to get married to, and that was the person. See, there's something about planting the seed and forget about it. Huh? Just forget about it. And allow God to work on it and work that seed until it matures enough so it won't have to be on life support when it gets here. You know what spiritual life support is? Running it to the altar every five minutes for prayer for something to bail it out. You don't want your life to be on. You don't want your finances on life support. You don't want your children on life support. You don't want your husband on life support. Huh? It was a common thing when the first church I was in, young women always wanted to get married, you know, in the Lord. Barely saved, you know, and they go away from the church for a while, come back with a man. What is my husband? And um, and you look at it, <laughs> you know, my goodness, barely saved like she is. But now all of a sudden she's all righteous. Well, you know, I'm saved and I serve God and he don't want to come to church. Well, how, you should have known that when you had to leave the church to go find him. That should have been a clue. Don't want God. You don't want God. Huh? And since we're all adults, he don't want as much sex as you thought he wanted when he was... So there's not much in it for you after all. See, that's what they—that's where they're disillusioned. The flame might be gay. True that. <laughs> huh? It's true. Ooh, snap! Right. That's right. Huh? And they like them church girls. Huh? Hmm. 
It's true. So God wants us, and he wants us before him, so he can watch us and guide us, because we're carrying something that's precious to him. Everything that you pray and ask God for is something that's precious to him. Now, you may not think much of it from time to time, but it's precious to him. So he watches over the things that he cares about. And he wants to be involved with you the whole time of the pregnancy. Because hmm? it's like the, the doctor's obstetrician's worst nightmare is a woman who walks in at eight months and they had no prenatal. They don't know what they're dealing with. They don't know if she's going to ever come back for another appointment or whatever, whatever. Unless, of course, she got about four or five kids. You know, you know them kind. They yourself take care of. They their own midwife. And, you know, if they had the right tools, they wouldn't need you at all, you know. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Some people get real experience and stuff real quick. But uh, God wants to be able to nurture the seed of faith that's on the inside of us. That's why he wants you consistently under the word. Wants you in church. Wants you to hear the word. Has things for you to, to use to bolster your faith. Those kinds of things. It's not that you don't know nothing about God. You know. Or you don't have no faith or whatever we get defensive about. But God wants us close so he can watch us and make sure that that promise is nurtured and nourished properly for the right things. Sometimes you don't know. You might have blood work done. Your pregnancy's going fine. You have blood work done and there's some deficiency. And so the father has to give you something to help that deficiency. You're beginning to lose faith about it. Time's gone on. You don't feel as confident as you did the first time you prayed about it. You may not think you're as confident in your brain, but your spirit's a whole lot stronger in it than it was day one. Trust me. huh? Why? I can tell because you've been coming to church. I won't say you've been reading your word because, you know, uh, you've been coming to church. You've been sowing seed. You've been doing work for the ministry. You've been doing all. Well, your spirit gets strengthened on every righteous seed that you sow. And so when you sow seeds of righteousness, it's merely a matter of set time for when that thing comes into your life. It just is a matter of a set time. And so patience helps us to endure what we have to go through until the set time comes. Your faith must be tried. It has to have the strength and the resilience to handle the reality of it when it comes into your life. Wishing and a hoping and praying and believing is one thing, but reality is another. There's a maintenance of the promise in your spirit when it's just in there, but when it comes out, it's something different. Ask anybody who's got kids. You could daydream, mothers could daydream, and dads could sit there and they could make plans and have fantasies until little Junior got here and he don't want to sleep. He's colicky. You can't give him enough to eat some of them and they keep you up all night long. You think, my goodness. Well, there's enough faith on the inside of you to sustain the reality of maintaining that promise and maintaining that life, maintaining that relationship, whatever that blessing is, there must be enough strength inside your spirit to maintain it and not reject it and say God didn't give it to you. Because that's the first thing the devil will tell you. God did not give that to you. If if all this is happening, huh? God didn't give you that thing. Whether God gave it to you or not is still yours. 
It's still yours. And God is obligated to care for it because it's yours. You can include that in your prayers anytime you want to. It may never be what you dreamed and hoped and wanted it would be. But God will help you maintain it up to the level of your faith that you believe him for. Uh, There is a woman by the name of Mae Lemke. She had a boy that she adopted many years ago. And some of you may have seen him. She used to come on the 700 Club all the time. She was like this tall little Irish lady. And she would run Pat Robertson. He could never keep her under control. when he had. She just took the interview from him. But she had received this little boy, a foster boy, when he was uh, a few days old. And she had asked him for a specific kind of child. And she had gone and signed the papers and everything. She was just waiting for this child to come. And they told her the child, there was nothing wrong with him as far as saying, well, she got the baby. He was blind. He, he had many, many deformities. He never really walked or talked or anything like that. And so he was, uh, wasn't sure if he could hear even. But May prayed every day. See, it wasn't what she asked for and it wasn't what they thought. She, they, she, they told her it was a normal baby and she accepted it. And she began to embrace that baby like her own because she felt the hand of God was in it. She said, God, if you allowed me to have this child, it must be a reason. I asked for a normal child with nothing wrong with it, but this child has so many problems. And for years she believed God that that baby would have some gift. God let him have some kind of gift. Let him have something that that will help him to support his life. I'm not going to be here all the time for this child. He needs something from you, God. And when he was in his mid-twenties, early thirties, they had an old piano in the house. And he could barely walk. He walked very little at that time. And she said one night in the middle of the night she heard music coming in that house. And that little boy that she thought they were, he was deformed and blind and everything, got up to the piano and began to play with no lessons, no instruction, no nothing. God just supernaturally put a gift in that boy's brain and he began to play beautifully. And from that she began to take him around. He does concerts now. If he's anywhere still alive, he does concerts right now. Why? Because it wasn't what she asked for and it didn't turn out to look like it was the right thing. But she embraced it as a gift from God and God began to help her take care of it. And that's what he'll do with everything that belongs to us, folks. No, he, he can't see and he can't do a lot of things and she would, she would maybe hope that he could. But he has a gift from God and he answered that prayer that she had before the Lord. So there are many things, folks, that we may get into our lives. Eh, not what we thought. But if we'll keep working with them, God will develop our faith. He will strengthen us and he will keep us in a place that we'll be able to support it because he's with us. And he hears our prayer. And he knows what we need. Well, Father, we thank you for allowing us to understand your faith. And the reason for delays in answers. That we know that it is through patience and faith that we inherit the promises of God. And you are not slack concerning your promises, Lord. You want us to have these things. But you cannot violate your word and you cannot violate your principles. But Father, if we receive things, then you will help us to maintain them. Just help us to have a healthy, normal perspective about our lives so that we can be blessed in everything we do. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. If anybody wants prayer, come on up for prayer.
and get the tape because there was a lot on that. So you. 